0: Hello, 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 good uh, Sunday morning to you, although to me it is not yet Sunday morning, I'm recording this uh, yesterday, Saturday afternoon, I record this typically on Saturdays at uh, 5 o'clock, I, I, sh- I feel like I, I shouldn't use the uh the, the, the word yesterday either, because you could listen to this podcast anytime, you could listen any, this might not be yesterday that I recorded this, it might not, it's Saturday, August 29th at 5 o'clock. And I am drinking a Corona beer, getting ready to take my wife to Rocco. I don't care. The coronavirus, I remember this happened back before I even left radio. I remember doing show prep about that Corona beer sales were down due to coronavirus. Here's the thing. There's still nothing better in the summer than a Corona with Lyme. Still, I don't No Coronavirus is going to make me stop drinking Corona beer. Not going to happen. So I've been enjoying a lot of Corona recently. The other thing, as I start to sound like an old guy, is, yes, I like good beer. Yes, I like local craft beer. Yes, I do. But guess what? I drink two. I'm drunk. Then an hour later, I have a headache. I'm hungover already. At least Corona, I can drink for a couple of hours and feel fine. You know? That's the thing. That's the one bad thing about, like, craft beer. Man, two beers, you're drunk. Three beers, you're hungover. It's crazy. Anyway. Before we get to my interview with Peels on Wheels, Luis Perez, great interview, by the way. This kid is, I, I love this kid. This kid is uh, really setting Rochester on fire with his pizza. Uh, I, You know, it, it's interesting, and we'll talk about it in the podcast, so I won't go over it a lot here. But thinking about where is there a void in the market, nobody would ever say pizza. Because there's a pizza. I mean, look, you can you can throw a rock and hit a pizza place in any city in the United States, let alone Rochester. You throw a rock, you're going to hit a pizza place. But this kid, Luis Perez, found a niche in pizza in Rochester, and he'll explain it in the the podcast that you're about to listen to. So I'm excited for you to hear that. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, still to come, my interview with Jeremy Newman. That'll be coming soon. Uh, A couple other great podcasts for a sip and saver, Steph Hanna coming to the show. Before we get on with today's podcast, though, I do want to tell you about a situation I dealt with this week that was a little awkward and, quite frankly, put me in a no-win situation. And I did something really, really, really scummy this week that is not sitting well with me. But it was... You know, look, if I explain it to you, I think you'll understand it was the only option. What happened was Saturday, uh, excuse me, Friday night uh, was uh, Satchel Levin, Jake Levin, Weez's son's wedding. And uh, I had been invited prior to leaving radio. I was invited. And and am I friends with Satchel? Yeah, I like Satchel. Are we good friends? No, by by no means. I like Satchel. You know, if I see him, I'm going to. Talk to him a little bit, you know, it, it's great. However, I know because I'm, I'm, listen, I'm not stupid. I realized I was invited because he had to invite me, right? I was his dad's coworker. He had to invite me. Well, I'm not his dad's coworker anymore. So a couple of weeks ago, I started a conversation with Satchel via text message where I was saying to him, Look, I get it. I know you didn't invite me because you want to invite me. You invited me because you had to invite me. And, uh, Due to coronavirus and COVID, I can tell you right now, my wife does not want to go to a wedding. Despite the fact that she has me taking her out for dinner tonight to Rocco, uh, she doesn't want to be in a big crowd, okay? I will come because I feel like I can fend for myself. I'll be fine. It's outdoors. There's a lot of space. I'm not going to hug and kiss people. I'm not going to, you know, I'll be fine. I'll stay off and stay separate, and I'll be okay. But, Jake, Satchel... Do you, do you actually want me at your wedding? Because if you don't, I'm not going to be offended, I swear. And he wrote me a nice message and said, no, you know, I'd love to have you there. And, uh, and that was sweet. And, and I had every intention of going. Uh, but I knew that I couldn't tell my wife about it <laughs> until the last minute. Because if I did, she was, uh, was going to basically lambaste me about going. And tell me that, you know, she didn't want me to go. So I waited until morning of. Friday morning, I woke up and I told her, hey, you know, by the way, tonight uh, I won't be home going to this wedding. And I underestimated her ability to <laughs> attack, basically, because she let me have it. She handed me my ass. She called me, you know, then I left for work. She called me. A zillion times she wrote me a book via text message she emailed me literally every form of communication telling me in no uncertain terms that if I go to this wedding uh, I will not be welcome home and I will not be around my son you know until I she, she was telling me she says you got to wait three days then go get a test when the test come back's ne- comes back negative you can come back in the house and see Leo I don't want you around all those people and then come and home And it put me in a tough spot. I left here Friday morning. I brought all my clothes with me. I went to the factory. I was all ready to change, drive to Canandaigua and be at this wedding. And uh, at the end of the day, at the final hour, at like 2.30 p.m., I needed to leave at 4. I finally decided, look, it's just not worth it. I mean, look, I get it. I hate it. No showing a wedding is the worst. People who say they're going to be at a wedding and then they're not there for any reason other than an emergency are the worst But I needed to be that person because, look, you know, being the worst in front of a couple of people who are just acquaintances, Jake and Bianca, again, love them both. They're great. Not not the greatest friends. I don't see them much. All my experiences with them have been that they are wonderful, fantastic people. But these aren't people I'm going to interact with very often. And, you know, looking like a jerk in front of them In exchange for having a home life that I can actually, well, look, just let's say having a home life period for the next week, I just, I had to choose the home life. So I I backed out at the last second. I texted Wheels and Deanna, the two people I was going to like kind of hang out with at the wedding. And I was like, look, I'm out. You know, I'm being attacked. I'm not allowed in my house if I go to this wedding. I'm just, I'm not coming. So uh, I do feel really bad about that. I, I want you to know I did the right thing this morning. The first thing I did this morning was I wrote a card, I put $200 in a card, and I stuck it in the mail, hopefully it'll land in Satchel and Bianca's uh, mailbox early to midweek this week, but nonetheless, I feel like shit about it, I hate it, I just think people who back out on weddings at the last minute are the worst, and now I am that guy, and I'm here to fess up on it, that's what happened, now I'm even more of a jerk, because I just threw my wife under the bus on a podcast, so I guess... But I, to be honest with you, I think she's not even going to be all that mad about this. <laughs> she's going to be like, yeah, yeah, that's what I said. And I'm sticking to it. So, anyway, okay, enjoy. Heels on wheels. Let's talk pizza. start. Because I think that you and I We both love pizza. But I I think our passion in pizza is very different because I'm looking at you and you don't look like a guy who eats quite as much pizza as I do. (laughs) I look like a guy who spends a lot of time with pizza.
1: Absolutely. And you Um,
0: look like a normal, healthy uh, kid.
1: I wouldn't go that far, but uh, (laughs) I've definitely put on some weight since uh, starting this pizza journey. But no, I I love pizza. How many nights a
0: week eating pizza right now for dinner, legitimately?
1: Uh, Actually, right now, I don't even have time to play around with it at home. I'm just trying to stay. Caught up with what's going on. What do you eat? Uh, uh, what do you eat when you're doing a gig? Do you eat your own stuff, or do you like? I try, you know, before we get rolling, to try out the specials and things like that that I'm yeah. making for the day. Um, so we kind of just wing
0: it. Well, the one <laughs> thing, like, I talk to chefs, and honestly, like a lot of chefs, or I just a handful of chefs that I've talked to over the years, say you'd be surprised how often chefs end up at like a McDonald's drive-through yeah. at 11 o'clock at night. It seems like that's becoming the trend as we're
1: stopping somewhere or yeah. like. Grabbing a burger somewhere just because we're always on the fly. Yeah, because you have
0: time to sit down and enjoy. Exactly. When, when I first
1: cake. started out, I was eating pizza almost five, six days a week, sometimes seven days a week. People were yeah. like, you got to be killing yourself right now in your health. And I'm like, I, it's not. It's not killing <laughs> me. You don't look like you look <laughs> fine to me.
0: I'm, I look a little different, <laughs> but what, what did you do before Peels on Wheels? So
1: um, before Peels on Wheels, I was actually managing a dining hall at uh, RIT. Oh. And, uh I was there for about a year and a half up until this this past summer. Um, did
0: you work under a guy named Lon?
1: I did work <laughs> yeah. for Lon. He actually just retired. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. He's a good oh, dude. I like Lon. Um, yeah, Lon Lon's a good dude. He was actually yeah. one of the people who was encouraging me to to really, you know, invest everything I have into what I, I I'm Great. doing right now. And
0: um He's very he's been very supportive. He he really has.
1: I mean, he he ran a catering business and his catering business um, was like his passion, his joy. He did it on the side, and he saw like that passion that I have for this yeah. pizza business. And he's like, "Dude, you got to go for it. You got to go for yeah. it." So he kind of pushed me um, in that aspect, but it wasn't my full intention to go full time as as soon as I did. You know, I was only planning on doing this on the side because I I loved my job at RET. You did like um, RIT? I really did love my job. Can you All that
0: Mike just lying. Yeah. No. There no. Not know. a problem.
1: You you liked working at RET? Yeah I, I, yeah. I loved my job at RET. It was it was a nice job because my whole career. You know, I worked in the restaurant industry, hospitality industry, since the age of 14. And, um, you know, I, I worked in so many different facets of the industry, I got to a point where I wanted that Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five type of gig still being in the hospitality industry and I found this job at RIT or landed this job at RIT and it was nice because I was nine to five no holidays no weekends barely working in the summertime um, reduced hours in the summer so it was nice and and you know my wife and I we had more time to spend with one another and um, because of that more time I started to play a little bit more with pizza at home and and there was just one specific thing that I purchased that drastically changed my life oh. and i purchased this little portable pizza oven by a company that's uh, out in the united kingdom
0: wait at the time was it just for fun just for fun absolutely I was no no, no plans
1: i had i had no plans to start a business you're just you're you are know, just guy actually who's worked like, yeah i worked in, in in a couple pizza joints and if i were to do it i was going to do a pizza joint yeah. worked in a couple places for a couple different guys and they just steered me the complete opposite direction they're like don't do it you're gonna drive yourself nuts your marriage this and that and and i'm just like you know what it's probably the right thing to do because i I saw some 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 suffering and i was like i don't want to i don't want to bring that you know into my life and i couldn't handle the stress and pressure because as a general manager in those settings i was under enough stress and pressure and then to see it from an owner's perspective, I'm like theirs must be ten times worse than mine. You know, as a manager.
0: Well, you're now you're experiencing it a little bit. Right? Oh yeah, as an owner, like you see, there are giant ups and giant downs, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. It, it's it's the roller, the entrepreneurial roller coaster. Yeah, is is so hard. Ho- it's so. Fucking hard to like oh by the way we can curse. <laughs> oh, not,
1: not a problem, That's not a problem. D- different was, from the old days. I was, I was like, oh, yeah. well, okay, this is where this is where this is yeah, going. It,
0: but it's so it's so hard to manage the dra- you and I have talked about it a couple times. It's hard to manage those drastic ups and those drastic downs that come with actually owning. A hundred percent. And and the further I've gotten into it
1: and the more invested that I've become into it, it's far more stress and pressure. And and everyone warned me going into it, you know, yeah, it's a lot of work, it's a lot of work, and I was so naive to think that how much work can it possibly be be if yeah. you're doing something you love. I mean with every job there's there's stuff that you love about it and there's going to be stuff that you hate with it and, and unfortunately you know same thing runs with owning your own business there's stuff that you're going to love and and there's stuff that you're going to hate and there's a lot of highs and lows and and like I said as I've gotten busier and busier it seems like that stress has grown and that pressure has grown yeah. and um and it's it's just far more work than I could have ever imagined yeah. and at the end of the day you just keep grinding and just trying to get through that day and and if you're having a bad day you just got to make sure you can get to bed and and sleep it off and then wake up and then you mm. you start to become that problem solver.
0: It, it's so true. There are some days where the whole goal is just survive. Yeah, Like just absolutely. survive today. Yeah. Uh, can we go back to RIT for a second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you, by, do we, have we met? I don't think so. Were you in the room when I got when I had like 24 RIT people? Okay, so RIT started using my sauce okay. at one point. It was mar- our marinara. Yeah. And it was food service sauce. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different than what's actually in the jar, just yeah. a little bit. And so I went in and I did a, a tasting with Lon and with a couple other people. I think um, there was like three of them. Yeah, probably and it,
1: Corey and Dean or something Probably,
0: something like but that. it went well. It went yeah. very well. And they ended up buying our sauce. And so we were doing business. And like three weeks after you guys started taking my sauce, Lon contacted me to say, oh, some of my employees are complaining. And, you know, there's a little bit about it. One says it's too bland. Another one says it the packaging sucks, whatever. Can you come in one more time? And this time I want to have everybody in the room because I just want to make sure everyone gets a chance to. And I had to go to RIT and sit in a conference room with like 24 people. Lawn and then like a bunch. <laughs>
1: I and wonder if it was all the chefs and things pro- like that. Probably. From the
0: so basically, what he did was he he said um, he said you know so and so you had a concern right and so and so's concern had to do with the boxes they were coming yeah. in. Oh well, I tried to stack six boxes and they collapsed. And and then you know my answer was like well you know it does say right on the box please do not stack over four high and I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Well we used to be able to stack our old boxes six high, and and so. And then Lon was just like, I think we'll be okay. We you know, four boxes high is fine. Anybody else? And another girl raised her hand and says, I just feel like the sauce is a little bland. The sauce we used to use. Now I had done my research and I knew what sauce you were using before and I had a picture of the ingredient mm-hmm. panel. And so I pulled it up and it was like it was tomato paste, water, high fructose corn syrup, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like maybe two other ingredients and like a preservative. Mm-hmm. And then I read my ingredient list. I was like, I, "Your opinion might be that it's bland. I'm not saying your opinion's wrong, but I would just say these two ingredient panels, side by side, it does kind of seem like maybe everything's gonna be fine. You know, it, mm-hmm. does, it seems like maybe this is this sauce is actually better than what you were using, yeah. and it's just your opinion." Yeah. And then she's like, "Okay, that's acceptable. I, I guess okay, okay." And then nothing. And Lon got mad. And Lon was like, "Is that it? Nobody else?" <laughs> Nobody else drags you down here. Yeah, he for basically that? he basically said, "Well, he said, guys, we we brought him down here. All of you were in the room. Speak now or forever hold your peace." And mm-hmm. everyone else was like, "We're good." And that was it. That was the whole meeting. I was shitting my bricks, dude. Yeah, I could I, that imagine. was nerve wracking. Well, I could only imagine. Yeah, but, uh, I was basically on trial. And I, like I, I was minutes. not
1: there. I, wasn't I was wondering part if of that you were party. in the room. No, I, I was. I, I didn't have any say as to, you know, oh, what yeah. food products we were bringing in there, because I was actually front of the house operations, not back of the house. So how it works is, you know, they uh. have a, 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 a manager, a GM, and then assistant managers and then chef de cuisines and sous chefs and the chef de cuisines and cooks and all that they manage the food i was more front of the house operation customer service you know paper products things like that
0: well rit was super diligent about you know the nutritionist called me to go over all the ingredients assuming that's probably marianne probably i don't recall exactly but i sweet sweet lady she was great yeah Mm -hmm. she just wanted to kind of go over every i just thought it was interesting that there was that much care because we are in a couple other colleges yeah and those were simple transactions. Yeah, that was just like, we'll try it. What's the price? Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: is a little bit more. RIT cared. Yeah, no, they they definitely do. And yeah. their dining program there is incredible. And yeah. you know, a lot of the 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 thing around collegiate dining is is are they sourcing or contracting other companies? You know, whether it's a right. or anything that, and, yeah. and all that. Um, and this one is is totally run by. Um, auxiliary services on campus and uh, they invest a lot of time and money. So you guys were and actually RIT
0: employees then? Yeah, so yeah. we are
1: RIT employees. We weren't contracted or anything um, and we, we definitely take a lot of, of our, at the time, we took a lot of pride into, you know, making sure nutrition and all that is, yeah. is important. Because there's a lot of, you know, allergies and diets, you know, vegan diets and, mm-hmm. and, you know, gluten-free and all those different things on campus that you have to be aware of. And you literally have to list every single ingredient that's yeah. put into every single dish that you are serving to the, the, the dining campus yeah so so it was it was pretty interesting to be a part of that because that's something i'd never experienced um and i learned a lot from working there for sure
0: so what did what bring me back even pre pre pre-rit so what did you do before that
1: i was actually a a prepared foods manager for wegmans for about two and a half almost three years and um you know that was like my first job in a corporate setting yeah. and it was it was interesting because i came from local mom and pop shops and there was no human resources there was really no structure and yeah. and then to go from there to a corporate setting was like a culture shock for me like i couldn't get used to it get my head around it and in my first 6 months there being that I was hired as a manager from outside of Wegmans, which is very rare that they do that. I have no idea why they did it. They must have saw something in me. But I went into six different stores in my first six months, and I was just exposed to every different style setting or store. Um, and customer base that they had to offer. And when I was there, I was a prepared foods manager, just getting crash course training on how to be a manager in their prepared food section. And um, I managed subs, coffee, and at one store I helped manage the pizza. So I still was in pizza, some capacity, not as much as I'd love to, then was it
0: like the old way Wegmans did pizza or the new way with the wood? It was, not it wood was the, fire, old, way. the yep, old way, Yep where yeah. they have
1: the electric deck ovens, and yeah, yeah. making pizzas that way. So, um, but it was only a small scale that I was helping out. It was, it was uh, because like their new structure is it was coffee, subs, and pizza all kind of in a row, and um, we kind of helped back and forth, yeah, and um, so I was still in it, and I again, I worked my way out of Wegmans and then got to R I T had more time and then yes, ended up purchasing a small little thing that changed my life, man.
0: Well before that were you just you were just in Mom and Pop Pizza yeah, Places. Yeah, mom, and, top, mom, who, mom but... and
1: pop pizza places um in so the southern tier. See... I, I probably have about eleven total years of pizza experience wow. and um, nice. starting at a young age, you know, fourteen years old, I was in a banquet house and this banquet house was unique because they did anything from you know, obviously, banquets, proms, things like that. And then they had a tavern where they had short orders. And um, then they also had a small pizza program. And uh, that's kind of like where I I, I started to, to begin to obsess over, not obsess, but fall in love with pizza yeah. at a young age. And being Hispanic, food is important to us. You know, there was always something being cooked up in the kitchen at a fam- family gathering and all that. And, uh, you know, as I got older, you know, I started to cook more and more with my mother. And then once I got my job, I started to take, you know, pizza or not pizza, but food more seriously. And um, that's when I started working in that banquet house. And then surely enough, this 14-year-old kid is working with 40-year-old guys on the on the line preparing food. And then, you know, uh, I had the opportunity to start making pizzas for them. And they were a little hesitant. Because he's 14 years old, we can't have him working with deep fryers and char broilers yeah. and shams and let alone a pizza oven. And um, yeah, I just took it on and. and Did you ever get hurt? You oh yeah,
0: I got I got burned. Burns. Yeah, a well that's the them. thing. I would think in your profession, yeah, you're just gonna get burned once, no matter on. what. Yeah, yeah it's
1: <laughs> inevitable. It's gonna happen. So I started making pizzas for those guys, and it was like a running joke because I was a kid from 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 New York City. You know, the South Bronx. You got to know what good pizza is, I didn't know a, a damn thing about how to make pizza. You're from South Bronx? Yeah,
0: yeah, grew up in the South Bronx and I love it. uh, it's crazy. Went to New York a few years ago and and you know, and I'm talking about I'm going to go to Little Italy and everyone said, "No, the real Little Italy is Arthur Avenue. You got to go to 100%. Bronx. Yeah. I'm so happy you yeah. said that. Yeah. I am so
1: happy you Everybody said that. Everybody hit me
0: with everyone was like, "No, you got to go up there." It drives
1: yeah. me nuts when they're like, "Yeah, we went to Little Italy in Manhattan." I'm like, "That's the wrong one. You can't go to Little Italy in the middle of Chinatown. You can't do that, you know?" And and um, that's one thing that just drove me nuts about that. And, and Is Arthur I, Raff pretty legit? Oh, 100%. 100% I don't, legit. You, you might be able to find a handful of people that English is their first language out there. Really. And um, I it's funny because I got this uncle who married into our family. His family's from Naples. He worked in one of the probably the best, I, I, I want to say the best mozzarella you can get in all the U.S. Yeah. Hands down second best is me but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit no uh so this place called casa de mozzarella and um he worked there for many many years and he became a cheese maker for them and um you know i always knew he made cheese didn't think anything of it then down the road fast forward you know i developed a strong relationship with this uncle because he's the one who pushed me to teach me how to make mozzarella. But um, Arthur Rev is incredible. I mean, from fresh-made pastas to, you know, the, the delis that are out there to all the different things that these people import and smuggle in on their suitcases and they're selling it on the streets, you know. It's very, very cool. Um, I try to go out there at least a handful of times a year because I have family out there. I love to bring stuff back from there that you can't get out here. None yeah. of the vendors can source. One thing specifically is the sun-dried Red peppers. Everyone's like, I've never heard of any never, such a yeah. thing. You got me. The most unbelievable thing to put on a sandwich. I am telling you, next time I go out there, I'm going to bring some back for you. You're going to be like, I've never had anything like this. Buddy,
0: I love it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so one last question about the Bronx, and it's the question everyone asks, and I'm sorry. But (laughs) was Bronx Tale kind of like, do you guys hold it like a badge of honor? I mean, it's the only borough where they put a the in front of it, you know? So it's the Bronx. It's not, well,
1: I'm from Bronx. It's the Bronx, you
0: know? Well, I mean a Bronx Tale. I mean the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So is it like, is that a badge of honor where you guys are just like no this is this is life right here or is it kind of like that ah, you know it's not exactly the way it is. i, I guess yeah. you
1: know but for me it is kind of a badge because the Bronx, yeah. it's 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 a it was at the time it was one of the most crime-ridden places you know in all of the u.s yeah and we lived in a rough rough neighborhood and um you know, I was in and out of trouble as a, as a kid and going to public school there. Fuck, where, you're the
0: real-life collage Yeah, maybe. You are. Yeah. You kind of no, are. My, my dad. Did your dad you drive know, a bus?
1: Yeah, no, not quite. <laughs> he, he worked for Bronx Community College and a couple other places while out there. But, um no, it was crazy. I mean, growing up from just the, the constant, you know, waiting in traffic and our days yeah. were, I mean, our days would start at... 4:35 in the morning because we had one car my dad was driving my mother to manhattan we'd stay in traffic for two hours both Jeez, ways oh to man. pick her up and take her to work and we would be, then be dropped off at school picked up from school picking up it was just like a wicked cycle yeah and um thinking back and i'm like man that just absolutely sucked for my yeah. parents to have to no do kidding. Right? and um my oldest sister you know how my how we ended up moving out this way was my oldest sister She was. She had a couple friends that were going to Geneseo SUNY in in the Southern Tier. And uh, she ended up visiting a couple times. She had a young child of her own, and she ended up getting a job at the college. And my parents, they had visited her a few times. Now, I have two older sisters. The oldest one's 13 years older than me. I'm the youngest. And then I have another sister who's about two years older than me. So we were still in in elementary school, middle Mm -hmm. school, and my oldest sister was, you know, at a different point in our life, we visited. My parents really liked how our energy was when we were here. We made friends right off the bat. We didn't want to leave, nothing like that. So they took it upon themselves to make that decision. Do we want to raise our kids here, or do we want to provide them an opportunity to, to have a better life?
0: Wow. And who
1: knows where our lives would be if we were still out there, right. you know? That's and sweet. at the time, I was, I was a troublemaker, man. Just in and out of trouble. Were you in
0: real trouble, or like normal kid trouble?
1: Oh, no more kid trouble, but I was yeah. a pain in the ass. I okay. mean, and even then, you know, at that time, and it's crazy to think of it that way, but I, I mean, it was predominantly African-American kids that were in the school and I was bullied and I was picked on, you know, I was considered the minority in some cases. And I was constantly getting in fights, you know, called Casper, this and that. And it was, it was rough. You know, I was, I was constantly getting into trouble in that aspect. But at the end of the day, I love being able to say that I was from there because I think Having those early life experiences helped shape who I am. Yeah. Even as young as I was, well, you're a you know, New York City kid old. forever. I mean, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, how
0: old were you when you moved here?
1: Uh, about eleven or twelve. Okay. So, but you or... remember New York City? Yeah, like, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I go there enough to to be able to get myself around um but no it was great and it's actually a pretty funny story you know like i said i I was a troublemaker and and this is pretty messed up at one point in the story but uh i was constantly getting into trouble always in the guidance counselor's office always in the principal's office you know constantly getting into fights all that and um it got to the point where (laughs) i was in the guidance counselor's office i had my friends in there and uh, I had told the the guidance counselor I was hearing voices, and the voices were telling me that to do these things. So immediately they got concerned. They Wait, called real me. Real
0: voices? Are you making this shit up? I'm making. I, mean, the, I was you making. You were the making the it shit. up. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And right. uh, you'll find out why I was making right. the shit up here shortly. <laughs> and this story is just absolutely <laughs> hilarious. To some, some others might think it's <laughs> so far, up. I love it. But so I was telling them I was hearing voices, and these the voices were telling me to do all these bad things. So I immediately call my dad. My dad comes down there, pulls me out into the hallway, and he's like, what the hell is going on? What do you mean you're hearing voices? You're not hearing voices. And he's talking to me and he's like, what are you telling me right now? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm not hearing voices. He's like, why are you doing this then? He's like, well, you know, or this is me. And he's like, well, you know, every time I come in here, they order pizza and I get to bring my boys down here and we get to hang out and eat pizza. And it all like came full circle for me, you know, a few years back, where it's like destiny at a young age, you know, where this is where I'm supposed to be in life. And my dad loves telling that story because going through all that trouble, you know, getting myself in trouble on purpose to hustle and get free pizza for me and my friends to shoot the shit in the office. You know, that's great. That's a Great story. I know. And and I I, my wife doesn't let me tell it because she's like, you know, people aren't going to like you pretending like you were hearing I was like I was eleven or ten kid, years old man. at the yeah, time. You're you know, a kid.
0: I mean honestly if you how old are you? I'm twenty eight. You're twenty okay. I'm, I'm thirty seven. Yeah. If you if you had the tape me my voice and my friend's voices on tape from the mid nineties. Yeah. You know, on playgrounds and yeah. stuff. I mean the shit you say when you're eleven and twelve exactly. years old. You can't be held accountable exactly. for that stuff. That's why I thank God there wasn't Twitter when yeah. I was twelve years old. Holy shit, are you yeah. kidding me? I know, like, it's crazy. It's crazy oh crazy my to think God. about it. Yeah. And, and uh but no, that whole thing was
1: just like, well, you know, my dad's like, you were a con artist at a young age. I'm like, I'm not a con artist this, to this day. It's just at that time <laughs> yeah. I was I was doing some sort of hustle to get pizza for me and my boys.
0: Okay, so so bring me through this. So you're working at RIT. Yep. And you, you like pizza, obviously. Of course. Yeah. And you just, where do you even hear about this pizza oven that you end up buying? So basically
1: what happened was my wife, so we're on social media. We're very new to social media and uh, we're on, I think it was Instagram. And there's this Canadian chef we were following. At the time, and he did this whole promo on this this oven, and he was searing steaks, roasting veggies, all this stuff. There was nothing related to pizza, so I had no idea it was an actual pizza oven. I saw it, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Two weeks later, my wife sees that same post. She's like, "Louis, did you see this? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. She's like, do you see what it is? I'm, she's, I'm like, no. She's like, it's a pizza oven. And at the time I'd been making pizzas on baking steels out of my home oven and doing parties for friends out of the home oven, things like that, and for family. And then that pizza oven came into to play and she's like, you need this. I'm like, I don't need it. I'm making pizza just fine with the you know the steel in the oven. And uh, surely enough, she overnighted it the next day. I happen to have the week off. And then I'm like, this thing is incredible.
0: Yeah. And but again, to reiterate, at this point, no thought of a business. No thought of a business. Just Lewis loves the pizza. Loves of, making pizzas for friends I'm gonna and I'm going to give my husband a pizza. Of
1: it, it seemed like every holiday or big event. Louis will bring pizza. Louis will bring pizza, yeah, yeah, or yeah. he's going to
0: make pizza for yeah. it.
1: And then she's like, this will be
0: awesome for you to have. You yeah. know, What were your pizzas like at that time? Were they as good as shit. they are now? Or nah? Absolute shit. Yeah. <laughs> and uh,
1: this oven was actually something that kind of exposed me to this whole new industry. You know, I didn't realize pizza was as big as it was in the sense like all the different styles of pizza, all the different people who are considered pizza influencers, you know, yeah. and all these different, you know, uh, I don't know who they they would be, but I think of you know Tony Gemignani, who's considered the the king of pizza. They call him Capo Pizza, um, but he runs you know the conventions out in the West Coast and the East Coast, and he's a very pivotal person. Not to mention a lot of these people who are in Italy, you know the the Pizza Olympics out there, and things like that. So I wasn't I wasn't even aware of any of that, you know. And then this oven kind of. Brought that stuff to my attention, and I just kind of fed into it more and more. And then, you know, I I used that oven to make pizzas for friends and family and it was just like a game changer for me because the more people I made pizza for and more friends that I made pizza for they're like you need to do something with this
0: yeah so the so did your level through the again before you're professional you start getting better right oh 100
1: and the, the thing was like my whole pizza career I was taught that it was made this way and this way only and these were the ingredients you use and these were the best ingredients yeah and looking back at it, I'm like, those are the worst ingredients. Those are the worst pizza processes. So it was like, it was like an aha moment for me when I got that.
0: I'm happy to hear you say that. You and, know, because I gotta be careful what, everything I say. But yeah, so like some of the pizzerias, maybe I shouldn't even say. It. I just You know, I kind of know what they're ordering. And yeah, yeah. You know, they're they're definitely worried about price. More yeah, so and that's than that's, that's one
1: thing. You know, I could easily cut corners to to increase my profits, but you want to have a great experience for your customer. Well, it's
0: proprietary, so I won't say it, but you were telling me some of the ingredients you're using, and you are definitely not using cheap ingredients. No, 100%. <laughs> no, I no. mean, the
1: flours I'm using uh-uh. are, are imported from Italy. The olive oil is imported from Italy. The Parmigiano-Reggiano, the Pecorino-Romano, they're all imported from Italy. So yeah. I'm paying top dollar for the quality ingredients yeah. because that's one of the things that I've learned in, in all the books that I've read about pizza. Um, just keep it simple. You know, use high quality ingredients, simple toppings, high quality, and that will make your pizza 10 times better. I was throwing so much stuff into my sauce and cooking it down and this and that. You know, the dough was it was awful when I first started and just getting an understanding of what it means to properly ferment a dough. And, and getting an understanding of that i had no idea what fermentation was what is fermentation what i don't even know <laughs> what does it mean will you
0: make it and you gotta put it in the fridge for a day or two exactly or yeah oh, okay. so that's exactly what it is yeah. and there's
1: uh so you gotta make all your shit way
0: ahead of time oh 100 yeah.
1: yeah. 100 after this podcast i gotta start making dough making to prep out for for the weekend but how long does it have to be in the fridge so for me it depends on what style of pizza all and right. and I've, I've come to find out that you can't just make you have one dough recipe that can that can work for many doughs or many styles of pizza unfortunately that to do it right you got to have a specific recipe for each style
0: and you are an artist i
1: love you it's it really it's is fantastic. a science man it really is a science yeah. and i didn't i didn't really learn that until i went to pizza school and i went to uh there's uh, pizza school yeah there's pizza school dude i'm telling you there's a whole world about pizza <laughs> that i had no where's idea. where's pizza school so there actually there's there's this company um called the demarco group that's actually out of italy and they uh they manufacture some flowers And uh, they began doing this program where they're partnering up with uh, like equipment companies that sell pizza equipment, pasta equipment, and they're teaching classes on how to get, you know, how to make pizza romana or how to make pizza napolitana and, and things like that. And um, so basically, what they're doing is partnering up, partnering up with these equipment companies, bringing people in to teach them and educate them about pizza and how to properly ferment it, how to properly top a pizza. You know what what is the difference between you know uh, uh, the different styles of flours and how they're grind ground. There's way you know. more to it than any Dude, of us think. Right? Yeah. So much more to it, and yeah. I I don't I feel like I don't know a goddamn thing about it, and really? quite frankly, I don't.
0: I don't yeah. know much about it, no. and, but your, and edu- but your education is still higher than the average. Person, oh, oh, yes, definitely, you know? and I, I won't deny that. So, and so when, when you, because on the one hand, I think about I'm going to start a pizza restaurant, or yeah. a pizza business, yeah. and I think about pizza is there's clearly pizza places already, yeah. right? There's a lot of them, yeah. And on the one hand, I think like man, that's a that's tough because you're going well, geez, there's a million pizza places. Oh, I'm yeah, start a pizza place. This is from a guy who decided to jar pasta sauce <laughs> by the way, so you're not exactly <laughs> talking to Einstein right now, but but anyway, so. But at the same time, though, you're sitting probably going, well, for the most part, Rochester's used to just like a pretty simple yes. thing. And, man, there's all kinds of levels way higher mm-hmm. than that simple thing. Mm-hmm. And if I start offering all those levels, boy, I could really be on to something. Yeah. Did I get it kind of? Yeah, no, about? no, 100%. And yeah. and I'm not saying
1: that there's there's... There's no good pizza in the Rochester community. There there certainly is good pizza here. You just got to find it, you know. Um, But for me, you know, that company, when I went to pizza school, this company, they partner up with those different places. You come in, you pay, you know, X amount of dollars, and you have uh, a course that's with, you know, a dozen different students, and they teach you how to make whatever style of pizza it is that you had selected for a class. In my case, I got certified in pizza romana, which is a Roman style pizza, 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 I think Pizza Alteglia is another style of Roman pizza, it's a pan pizza, usually high hydration dough, and um, they're usually baked in, in segments. So you, you par cook your dough, just the dough itself, and then from there you can add sauce on it, add cheese, then bake it again, and then after it comes out, you, you layer other ingredients on top of it. So it's almost like the pizza becomes three-dimensional, and it has both hot and cold ingredients on it. And it. and it's, it's a unique style of pizza, and I just... I wanted to learn how to do that. And, and for me, it was more of not just knowing how to do your traditional, you know, your New York style pizza and your, your uh, uh, Neapolitan style pizza and just getting well versed in different styles of pizza um, and understanding the different processes that are required for each style. And uh, when I went to school there and, and I'm a deep believer that everything happens for a reason. And I just so happened to get lucky enough to be able to take this course and be the only student that was in this course. So apparently this class was fully booked. So it must have been, I think there was eight total students in the class. And um, both parties were like a few people each who were starting a restaurant business and they purchased tickets to the class. So the class was sold out, but these people thought they purchased tickets for April. So they didn't end up showing up. So it was me, the instructor and another gentleman. So I got one-on-one like taught how to make this style of pizza, and I couldn't have asked for a more selfish thing than to want one on one. And that's lesson. a week long, you said? And it was oh. it was three days in length, uh, okay. three 10 oh, or 12 great. hour days. And where is it? And this is this, they actually go all over the United States. Okay. So um, the nearest one was actually in Toronto, Canada. So I drove up and stood at an Airbnb and just went back and forth to, to school there. And um, great. Yeah, so they go all over from California to okay. New York City to. Um, you know, Milwaukee, places like that. So, um, but no, yeah, went to pizza school there and, cool. and really learned the science behind fermentation. And fermentation, going back to that, is is basically uh, uh, getting the dough to drop its pH level to the same level of what your stomach is. So there's bulk fermentation, which is probably the best way to get the best digestibility out of your dough. Because a lot of the times people associate like, you know, heartburn, indigestion, constipation with the tomato sauce and things like that. It's not that, it's actually the dough. So if the dough is is under fermented or over fermented, then it can cause those things like indigestion constipation and, wow. and stuff like that so you want to bring that dose ph level to the same ph or as close ph level to your stomach what is
0: the ph level of human stomach uh,
1: i don't know it off the top of my head no. but it's somewhere between like four point something and seven point something and okay. you want to be somewhere right in there
0: okay um pH is a big part of what we do oh, also yeah, yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. As far as food safety goes. But that's that's that is fascinating. I've never heard yeah, anyone so describe it that it's, way. That's, it's
1: crazy when when, when I learned wow. the science behind it, I'm like, holy shit, this yeah. is this is much more than just whipping some ingredients ingredients together, balling it up and sticking it in a refrigerator for a little bit. You literally you have to watch it. And even so, like the size of the container that you're putting your dough in affects the way it's going to turn out if it's too big of a container and your dough flattens out it's going to cool down too quick if you yeah. put it in too too small of a container and it's 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 holding its temp for too long then your dough is going to become over fermented so it's just little stuff like that Man, that i had never thought of that make a huge impact on the o- outcome of your dough and i sound like a you know the lie the science guy with no i love pizza, this stuff. but but like i i can i can tell you that i've i've grown super passionate about pizza and, like, the fermentation. And I've always been a math and science person, and I don't know why, if I don't know if that's why I'm so fascinated or obsessed with, like, fermentation and dough because it's all numbers, you know, and it's all, you know, understanding yeah. the science aspect of it. What, uh,
0: where was the light bulb moment where you went from, because I think I'm skipping around a little in the no, story. No, it's all but, good. It's all good. The, that's the, a good conversation. It's great. But but you, uh, you buy this oven, you start, you know, experimenting. Where was light bulb moment of... I'm gonna make a business out of this, and not only that, I'm so, gonna quit because you quit your job, right? Yeah, I quit my job right, uh, quit later my job the summer.
1: summer yeah, bec- or late in the summer because of this whole thing, and it wasn't my intention whatsoever. I was you, it was a originally career. a side gig, exactly. Yeah. Weekends, you know, one to two events a month. Get some excited over it, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. And then thing. you blew up, <laughs> and then it just took <laughs> yeah.
0: off. Yeah, and, um, and so and you did legit blow up too. I mean, you, you like before I ever even talked to you, I started just seeing you on Instagram mm-hmm. over and over and over, mm-hmm. and whatever partnership you did with stefana with sip and save yeah she's amazing worth every freaking penny She has
1: been helping me out a tremendous amount i mean coaching me on on social media all that stuff um she's been a huge help to get my name out there and i can't tell her thank you enough and i tell her all the time i heard of it yeah i tell her all the time but the aha moment for me that i'm going to start a business was actually this this oven i started to realize there's this whole ghazni uh community and this community is a community of people who are using these ovens to start a business and they're doing Uh, these pop-ups at different, you know, ice cream places and breweries, taverns, you know, wineries, things like that. And I'm like, I could do that here. There's a, there's a decent amount of, of breweries in this area and cideries and wineries. I could totally do it. My cousin at the time had a cidery. I'm like, I'm gonna pitch this idea to her. See what she thinks. Yeah, she loved it. She's like, I encourage you to do Is it. Is that embark? Yeah, actually, th- that's th- funny. Th- those are your relatives. Yeah, so embark, Craft yeah. Cider Mitzi and Jake Lagner. Mitzi's my cousin. She married into the family. I know Mitzi a little
0: bit. Oh, that's they awesome. They carry my sauce they out carry, there. Yeah, yeah, they carry your sauce. Yeah, yep. yep. So, I've never actually met her, but we yeah. email. You know. Yeah, Mitzi's a great, great, sweet human being. <laughs> oh, I'm the worst too. By the way, I forgot it was a radio, <laughs> yeah. and I point at your shirt and I'm like, that one right there. <laughs> I'm getting rusty. I think. No, with the radio. it's radio. So embark. Yeah, embark, craft Cider Works out in Williamson. So they're are uh, uh, So you had some relatives up here. Yeah, right. yeah, we had some right. relatives.
1: Well, they, they actually. They followed
0: so, you. Part me. Or what? They followed you up no, here. No, she
1: actually was out in in Williamson, and we didn't like ever like put everything together up until like we moved out here and realized, oh shit, she's not too far from us in Tennessee. Oh from yeah. yeah. Well, we you have know? a cousin here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And um, so yeah, she she actually met her her husband uh, in college, and then fell in love with the right, farm because it's his it's his it's his family business, so she right, would, yeah, i think yeah. they were going to school yeah. in ithaca together okay and i uh, met there and she ended up loving the farm life and just got stuck there awesome yeah. well she
0: must have liked it when she had some family oh yeah 100 to yeah. percent.
1: When, when we moved out this way you know yeah. it was nice um but so the aha moment was finding this community thinking, you know what, I can do something like this. And then we started thinking, how are we going to do this? You know, let's do a little food truck, something like that. And uh, my whole concept was purchasing this big box workhorse box truck. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do a brick and mortar or nothing. Purchase this big workhorse box truck, have a few ovens on there, you know, three bay, this and that. Then I started to find out how damn expensive yeah. even that route is yeah. to go yeah. for a food truck.
0: So. It was, it was, well, just, how were you without getting too personal? How were you financially at the time? Were you like, you had a ton of money to throw into this business or was it like, I got to figure out how to start a business. I don't really have a lot of money. No, no.
1: Into. My wife and I, we've been very frugal. Oh, so you had some entire, savings. Yeah. Okay. We had some savings right. and obviously we had just gotten married. So like that helped and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so, okay. So you had a we, little, something. we had a little something. Yeah. We were planning, you know what, we'll, we'll take this and take 10% down to the SBA and get a small business loan. And we had a dollar amount in our mind of, what we Great. were going to cap it out at and that just has gone down the toilet <laughs> yeah it just keeps getting higher and higher and the more money we're spending but, uh, uh, but no, no, the nobody's idea,
0: ever come in on budget yeah 100 <laughs> 100 so
1: uh, my wife and i we 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 start doing research about these food trucks realize how expensive they were and then from there um it was coming up with what, were, what are we going to call ourselves if we're a food truck and we tried to come up with something catchy you know and what and, were the
0: almost before peels on wheels? What did you almost call yourself? Oh
1: man, it, there were some bad ones what was like the? the pies guys like the, guys, okay. like instead of wise guys but pies guys. Oh, okay. Like, all right. I can see know. that. That's yeah. actually, that's
0: kind of No, cute. you
1: know, we thought of that, but it was too it's, it's not who I am, you know, yeah. and and then uh, there were some really bad ones, man, you know, and um, from there we're just just bouncing all these ideas and my wife spitballs this one. She goes, "Peels on wheels." I'm like, "That's it." That's the name she loved we're going it when, with. When she said and, loved um, it, and um, she, it was just like we were happy. We we killed, you know, two bottles of wine. After that, we we're like, this is it. You know, people are gonna love it. Then we start saying that they're like, are you peel?
0: Who's oh, yeah. peel? Everyone thinks you're peels now. Yeah,
1: yeah and I'm yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. I call peel, you peels too. Yeah, I no, like a, yeah. Peel, a peel is actually a tool that you use in pizza making. Oh, it's the paddle that that you use to take pizzas in and out of the oven. It's the little round head. Uh, peel that you use to spin your pizzas. You See, know? there we so, go. So I was, had no idea. It,
0: it exactly you cleared it up.
1: Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. It's it's kinda neat in that aspect because I'm educating someone about pizza. Yeah. Because
0: of my name, but Do you for, explain that every night, every gig?
1: It's probably the most <laughs> frequent question I get. They're like, Who's Are you peel? Peels? Yeah. Or what's a peel? You know, and the educate, and they're like, Oh, that's so clever because peel's on wheels, da, 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 da. yeah. So at that time we were thinking, you know, workhorse box truck. And then from there, um we we were at my cousin's farm because we were planning our first, like, event there. And it was 4th of July weekend. And I'm like, listen, before we even go in there on that, I want to make pizza for you guys. I want you to try it. I want to hear your feedback, this and that. Made pizzas for them. They loved it. And
0: um, Have you ever had any negative feedback? Has um, anyone ever tried it and been like, I don't know, man?
1: Negative feedback. It's... I hate to say this, but no. it's far and few between, yeah, yeah. and, and I guess you, that's a good thing to have. Yeah. Um, usually, uh, when it's Neapolitan style, it's people concerned with, like, it's not crispy enough, and they don't have enough... Education, I guess, in the aspect of Neapolitan really shouldn't have any crisp or crunch to it. It should be gummy. It should have nice puffy crust. It should be really well, soft. If anyone ever says it's
0: not crispy enough, then you should just look at them and say, thank you. Yeah. And yeah. be like, no, I was complaining, but like, Yeah no, exactly. Actually, that's, no, that's, that's
1: how it should be. <laughs> so I guess that's the most common feedback that I get. All right. Um, but, So I was at their house, made them pizza. They loved it. And I was on social media while we're having a conversation, and I happened to be scrolling through the Gosney page, and I came across this guy who started this food truck out in the United Kingdom. Um, His name's Adam, and he runs Peddling Pizzas. So this gentleman, he had a bicycle that he hauled around with a small little trailer attached to it. He would pop up at food stands and using these ovens. And he slowly got busier and busier, and then he ended up investing in what I eventually found was a Piaggio Ape so I saw that my wife and I we had honeymoon in Italy we fell in love with this vehicle the Piaggio Ape and we're like oh my god we'd love to have one of these back in the U.S. and never never dawned on us to even consider that thing as a as an idea to bring here for business and when I saw that on the feed in there in the the Gosney social media page I'm like it was the light bulb. I'm like, this is it. I have to figure out how to get this vehicle to the United States. Yeah. That night, I'm like, you're driving home because I'm going on the internet and I'm figuring out how the hell to get this thing here.
0: And you just unveiled the truck, right? Yeah, it, we you, just had yeah. our truck
1: unveiling yeah. uh, last week at Young Line Brewing, and it was by, by far my busiest weekend I've ever had thus far. So I couldn't have asked for a better turnout. But if you had asked me how I was doing that morning, it was rough and <laughs> nothing went as planned so um, back to the truck because there's been a whole a whole bunch of different instances throughout this entire journey that have been like you're on the right track you are where you're supposed to be you know the stars are aligning for you and um when i actually found how to import one of these to the united states there's a company out in california called piaggio ape usa at the time and i sent them a dm on instagram i'm like hey man I asked him about 40 questions in one message. He answered three out of the 40 and uh, messaged him again. No response. Went on his website. I'm like, hey, man, I am incredibly interested in one of these. You know, I, I, I'm looking to get one imported here. Here's my name. Here's my number. Please contact me at your convenience. Not even five minutes later, Paul, he calls me nice. and he goes, are you from Rochester, New York? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, dude. Never in a hundred years did I think from someone from my hometown would ever contact me to purchase one of these. And the hair's going up on my body. a Rochester This guy's from Victor, New York. Exactly. So this guy's from Victor, New York. And now we're not even talking about the vehicle. We're talking about all the different connections that we have here in Rochester. So surely enough this guy imports them from Italy and Europe actually. Mine actually came from Naples, Italy. So he, he was awesome throughout the entire process. He showed me like the tracking of it going across the sea and stopping <laughs> at all these ports. And <laughs> took about probably eight weeks in total. Damn. It was a little nerve-wracking because I had to put 50% down cash. Sure. And then I had to pay the other remaining 50% when it arrived to the U.S. port. Uh-huh. So once it... Uh, it,
0: it well, at it least was, it's paid off. Oh, That's yeah. Nice. No. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So
1: we paid for it, and um, that was great. But uh, I and everything happens for a reason, but I ended up, I, at the time I was running a lot, and I ended up developing a stress fracture in my foot. Oh. So I ha- ended up having to get my foot broken, uh, remove some bone, and put some pins in my foot. And this was all around that same time when this ape is coming. So I was on disability for about 12 weeks, and I was out of, of work. So I weighed the option, you know, what should I, you know, contact, contract the freight company to haul this thing back for me. I'm already gonna have to purchase a trailer when it gets here anyhow, so. Drive it. I'm gonna haul, I'm gonna turn it into a 20 something day road trip. So yeah. I, I packed up all my shit, grabbed my oven, put that on there and uh, went for, did an East Coast or West Coast road trip. And it was like
0: 23 total days. Wait, hold on a sec, this came from Italy or the it, UK? The, the, so my, my vehicle came from, Italy. So Naples Italy. Why did he go to California? Or it comes to the East Coast. So he, he his
1: business it. operates out of California. Oh. So he has a a I don't know if it's a license or permit to be able to receive shipments yeah. at the port of some port in california i don't okay. know if it was oakland or what but he can only receive his things there he can't just send it to the new york right. port here and me pick it up here because if that was an option that would have been right. what we would have done but we can't yeah um so he could only import it to california and i had to figure out how so to get drove it. to california so mean? i me and my buddy we packed all our stuff up we had a pickup truck where did and you a stay in a couple nights dude we 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 turned it into an awesome trip. And I pitched an idea to the company. Like, listen, you're going to get great content out of me. I'm going to bring this oven. And I'm going to bring it along with me across the U.S. and use it and make pizzas along the way. They're like... Hell yes, we're gonna do a story on you. And uh, because of that trip, I ended up becoming a Ghazni brand ambassador um, for them here in the U.S. Skills on wheels, you're a little genius, dude. Man. It's I it's it. I, I've been hustling and hustling. So anyhow, we so we, you did that. You stopped at a bunch of places, dude. We went from from New York. Our first like stay was in uh, in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and we spent the day there. And and we were literally in an Airbnb in the middle of the desert. And uh, we actually, that was our first like stay, but we got fucking lost in the middle of the desert. It was the <laughs> scariest point in my life because I don't know if you're familiar how Airbnb works, but like yeah. there's check-in instructions. Yeah. I didn't listen to the check-in instructions. <laughs> I just looked at the, the initial address and like, the address that they provide you on, like, that first page wasn't the correct address. So I typed that into the GPS and it took me literally
0: to the middle of whatever that well, yeah. road was. They do that on purpose, don't they, with Airbnb? Like, yeah, I you, believe you don't so. get the real I address after this. I, I learned that the hard way too in Pittsburgh yeah. once, but it, like, they bring you kind of close, but not there. Yeah. And so they don't give you the real address till this last was, minute or this was about eight miles
1: past, oh, like, geez. where I needed to be. Yeah. Not to mention, like, there was like a description in there that was like, don't worry, it's a dirt road, this and that, when you're coming up to the house, you know, your car might might get dusty this and that i shit you not this was this was a dirt road in the middle of the desert nowhere and we're driving down it i'm like dude this is not where we're supposed to be and by this point it's a one lane dirt road so many little gullies i have a a work standard side work truck with a 12 foot trailer on the back dude it was one of the scariest things like the trail swaying back and forth no cell phone service it was by far one of the scariest things ever finally we get to an end and like we're at the point where like this is cartel land or something because every house we're dri- like driving by is like skull and crossbones. Do not, yeah. do not trespass. All trespassers will be shot. <laughs> There's like wild horses running around. Like it was by far one of the craziest, scariest. Experiences You're either gonna in my life. be
0: pizza Instagram famous or dead. <laughs> yeah, one yeah of exactly. One or the <laughs> yeah, other. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it took us about just. I mean, we got to a point where we were about a mile and a half away but we still had like two hours of driving to go so that's how slow we had to go on this road so so that's that was absolutely the worst experience of my life but then finally we turned around and there were there's just we got to a point where it's just like an end end of the road and there's like nowhere to turn around so i literally had to shimmy this like trailer k turn it was like a four thousand point k turn to get this trailer turned around Mm -hmm. and make my way back onto main road and get service and then surely enough was able to get through the app and find the right address and it was literally at the beginning of that road dude yeah so we went from there albuquerque new mexico to Sedona, Arizona, spent a few days there. I, t- I I hiked up to the top of Cathedral Rock with a broken foot. Mind you, the day before I embarked on this road trip, I, find out, I found out I could drive. So I had no idea, oh. like my buddy almost had to drive the entire way. <laughs> so uh, hiked to the top of Cathedral Rock with a pizza on my hand to take some epic photos of pizza over like this breathtaking view. And um, yeah, so we went from there to Rocky Mountain National Park to Yellowstone National Park to Yosemite National Park to Vegas. So we turned it into this wild trip and got some excellent content for the company. That's great. It was, I would have never been doing it if I didn't get myself into this, man. Oh, right. Yeah. And
0: you're killing it. I mean, Peel's on Wheels, just to bring us to like now. Yeah. You're killing it. You have become you know the the best pizza in rochester that's become what the i guy. you know I, it's, and it's your one pizzas of those like, like little works of art they
1: they are they so are. everyone's like it's you're you're an instagram pizza maker you're an instagram chef i'm like i don't think about, about it that way i just like making great pizza i like taking nice photos yeah and I, I i just appreciate the craft in its own yeah and um but now yeah i mean we we couldn't ask for a better following or better customers i mean the fact that we're able to sell out from event to event and we're having all these people asking us when they can get our pizza next that's exciting for us
0: well is that so is that what you have to do that you have to um sell tickets to your event so that you have the right amount of so i
1: i at first it's been a learning curve throughout this entire process so the first brewery i was really at i mean i know i was at the cidery in williamson but um three heads brewing was willing to take me in and allow me to to sell pizzas off of their property Mm -hmm. and um In the beginning we were just doing strictly pre-orders not offering walk-up service or anything and it didn't work out in the sense that we'd have 80 pizzas pre-ordered or 90 pizzas pre-ordered and then people were coming up and saying what about us and then and then you're
0: then they're pissed yeah they're they're pissed because they're not getting food
1: you know and then we try to explain well you know we encourage online ordering this and that so we changed it a little bit dropped the quantity of the amount of pre-orders we take in to reserve pizza and we bring x amount for walk-ups so we started out with like a dozen walk-ups that sold out in the first half hour. Then the next time was like, okay, well, we're going to do, you know, two dozen walk-ups and then still sold out in the first hour or so. (laughs) So it's just like constantly learning how each business is. And now there are businesses where I get eight pizzas pre-ordered and I'm like, shit, this is going to be a dud. But something always tells me just bring what you would normally bring, to any other brewery and you'll be okay have, have you had any
0: duds up? yet have you shown up anywhere where like i have four not people had a dud yet and no? that's
1: what's boggles my mind oh, you God. know in some way yeah. somehow i've been I, I've obviously fortunate duds. with with the, <laughs> the, the the weather it's played in our favor sure. as yeah. far as
0: mobile food business oh, yeah what's though? the winter plan for peels on wheels so
1: we're trying to work something out with building up like residencies like providing indoor um pizza experience sure. for customers so it's just trying to work with these breweries and figuring out what their licensing and permits will allow them to yeah, do because yeah. um, obviously in new york state no two businesses can operate under the same roof without it being a partnership uh, um, so right now i'm partnering up with the rock brainery to to, to offer pizza making classes um, right now it's just zoom classes so we're, we're focusing on that and trying to get that to jump start in september um, so teaching pizza making classes um i'm selling pizza kits too during the fall and that was something we did early in the pandemic being that everything was shut down we couldn't do anything so I was doing at-home DIY kits that had the dough the sauce you know my fresh made mozzarella the cheese pepperoni whatever and we do like a specialty kit and we're pretty much doing pickup hubs at those breweries so we're dropping our stuff off and you know customers would come between this time and this time to pick up their order and they loved it and I was settling anywhere from like 160 to 240 kits a week. Um, and then obviously as things opened up, obviously I'd prefer to make pizza for customers than have them grab my ingredients, you know, charge them more than I would want to for a kit to say the least. Because obviously those are more labor intensive to, to package and right. portion and all that stuff. Um, so I didn't I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. I was happy to still get my name out there, my product out there. And um, from there, you know, as we were able to offer curbside takeout and then do pop-ups at these breweries, you know, the whole kit thing just took a back seat. But I still get a lot of requests for people who still want those kits at home. And thinking forward, I think that's probably the route we're going to so go is doing winter. those kits and doing those pizza-making classes.
0: And fingers crossed, if we can get it worked out, we can do these indoor events. And I yeah. have uh, With the indoor events, has it turned into, like, um, at the beginning, you're you're almost begging them, like, can I please come to yes, your brewery? Yes. Has it turned into the breweries calling you saying, hey, man, will you please come to our 100% brewery? 100%. It flipped, flipped it's, right? It flipped. Yeah, and yeah. I'm I ha- it was like pulling teeth, you know, yeah. trying to get myself into some of these breweries.
1: And I've been lucky enough to become friends with or, you know, friends with Leslie and Eric Ward from Love & Cup. Sure. And they've got a tremendous amount of, of contacts in the beer industry, um, being that they do homegrown. Um, every year is this big outdoor event under a tent and all these, you know, local vendors and yeah. you know, you have beers and foods beer and food things like that um, being offered to their guests and it's a ticketed event and that kinda got me more on the radar in the Rochester area. But they got me into Trip Hammer Beer Works. They got me into Three Heads Brewing. You know, Young Line Brewing would have never found out about me if it wasn't for Three Heads and Trip Hammer. So,
0: but now, now they all want you because now you're bringing a crowd. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so
1: now my whole thing is yeah. it's, it's not just about me selling pizza and only selling pizza for my benefit. I want to be able to help generate some sales for them because there's been studies done that if you bring food in a bar or tavern setting or a brewery setting, your sales are automatically going to go up 20 to 25%. No matter what. And if I can do that and bring them more customers or bring my following to their venue and my customers are buying their beer, it's a win-win for both of us. Of course. Yeah. And and I've been able to do that. So that's why I think a lot of these brewers are like, we got to get this guy over here to make some pizzas. Yeah. And um, now we're actually fully booked through September and into October. Um, and I couldn't ask for any more than that
0: I'm excited for you man that's awesome yeah Congratulations. It's, it's
1: been it's been a wild journey to say the least and, and every day you know something I face a new sort of challenge and, and last week specifically man I was one of those like <laughs> gut gut wrenching like gut check moments yeah where I had this thing planned out, uh, the day was gonna go out this way. It's my oh, truck reveal. Everyone's excited, oh, and I've come to realize you oh, do not do that. No, you do not plan the oh, day out. You wake up and you start your day, no. and you start tackling
0: each thing. <laughs> but um, that's been a lesson I've learned since I've yeah. had this joint. <laughs> yeah. Has been okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna make my plan, but instead of coming in and expecting my plan to work. I'm going to come in and expect to have to figure out how to get back on track because it will obviously not work. The yeah. Way you just can't make a plan. No, you a, just 100%. Well, you have you're to, right. Well, put it this way. You have to make a plan. You just have to be very ready to pivot. Exactly. So
1: so for me, my young line of that, truck reveal, tons of people are excited. You know, thousands of people interested. You know, 100 and some odd people confirmed. You know, my pre-orders were at the highest I've ever had for pre-orders. I'm like, this is going to be a badass busy event. Super stoked about it. The day I'm going to pick up the vehicle, they're still working on it just a little bit. Oh. And that morning, I was actually running a how-to schedule. My wife and I were happy. We're like, well, we worked our asses off this week, and yeah. and you know everything's gonna go great. And then we get there, and it was
0: just like, You're like we're not done.
1: Yeah, You're and like, it was well, that wasn't the, that wasn't the issue. Oh. well, I was backing out of it, oh. out of the garage, you know, and and we were still on time at that point. You know, I'm stoked to drive it up on the trailer, and I sh- go to shift it into drive from reverse and a spring snaps and I cannot change it into reverse to drive it up on the trailer. So I panic. I'm like, yeah. this this is not good because the lever has no resistance, so something snapped. Uh-huh. And uh, then we pushed it back into the shop and then my father in law is actually we actually built this thing together and, and customized it together. So that was an awesome
0: experience. But yeah. that's a whole nother story. Yeah, Well at and least he uh, knew you needed it tonight. Exactly. Yeah. So he's, he's like, like we'll give, Shit, a, we'll give this you is, a week.
1: We should have had this done, you know, a few days ago to be mm-hmm. able to troubleshoot this and not the day off. So I'm like, oh God, this is bad, but this is bad. <laughs> and then finally, you know, we're wrenching around, you know, we get the spring on after about an hour and a half of screwing around with it now it comes to driving it up on the trailer now the street that he's on was a very narrow street it barely can fit two rows of, of vehicles coming down it and um, we had our trailer parked in and they had like those cement rain gutters or whatever that funnels the water into the the drain system and my trailer was parked in it like this so I had to drive this up that has all the weight on that same side It's we a little crooked we yeah, say, yeah, so yeah. I'm popping wheelies trying to get up there The oh. thing's going on two wheels oh, dude. Yeah, and then we had to winch it up there because oh. I couldn't get it up there because the ground the, the the pavement was uneven. And it's not only that, but it was just the weight of the vehicle not yeah. playing in my favor. And um, so from there, we finally get it up there. I was supposed to be there at noon to like begin my setup. I didn't leave Rochester till noon. I had to drive out to Canadagua after loading my vehicle up with food. So, so we didn't so get now there. You're frantic. Oh, yeah. it's Blood I mean I'm literally arriving there at like shortly after two. My I ideally, I like to leave my ovens on for about two hours prior to an event so they get fully saturated with heat. At this point, I was only heating the surface of the stone. So like from there, like if you're only heating the surface of the stone, you start serving pizzas in there, that oven's never gonna catch up to time. So that was the thing that was playing off in my head and I'm like, not only that, I can't get the ovens heated up. How the hell am I going to get this on and off the trailer? You know, and at that point, I mean... What times does
0: the party start? The party started at
1: 4, and oh we arrived God. there okay. an hour and 45 minutes before the start. Luckily, I had an army of people who were helping me that day. I, like, but,
0: but again, you don't you don't know for a fact if you can get this truck off dude, the trailer. Dude, I was, like, oh I was sick to my this stomach, man. I, I was just this.
1: like weighing... I was like... I, there was a, a few points during this where like we couldn't get the, even the spring on the engine. I'm like, I'm going to have to call them and tell them I can't get the vehicle out there. Yeah. We're going to have to remove the ovens. This whole truck reveal thing is going to be shot, and then for somehow... It ended up working its way out one way or another. And even this, we are going to be late on our four o'clock timed orders. Those two people who ordered eight pizzas or ten pizzas at that time, they actually called me to ask if they can pick it up later. So, like, there was some sort of person on my side. And we ended yeah. up getting through it, man. It was yeah. it was wild. It really was. But I couldn't ask for a better turnout for our first, like, truck reveal.
0: Dude, I'll tell a longer version of this at some point in a yeah. later episode of the podcast. But I wasn't going to tell this for a couple years because <laughs> I'm afraid to tell this. But uh, when I took over this business, this canning business, Yeah. The first day we ever ran USDA product, we got shut down within five minutes. Oh, that's awful, inspector. man. Nothing to do with food safety. Yeah. I just want to point out, nothing to do with food safety. It was a paperwork issue. Yeah. So I, there's nothing, nothing, because the only reason I don't want to say it is because people always think food safety, yeah. something wrong with food. Nothing wrong no. with food. It was all paperwork issue. Yep. Some of the paperwork wasn't in order. Yep. But basically within, you know, it was, we can start at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And by 7.05, the inspector said, we don't have the proper X, Y, Z. You have to stop production immediately. Yeah, and no. We're five minutes. I've in. I've had a
1: couple instances where that happens, where like the paperwork has been. Is just issue, something it's wrong like, with it? Yeah. yeah, and then we're like, God damn it! Now yeah. this is going to set me back. Whatever. But yeah, you make well, it through
0: it. It's uh, but that was that day. It was, I was. I didn't know how the fuck I was going to make it through the day. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I, what do I do? I was like, I, I give up. I don't it's, know. I was so. I was like, I was never actually close to giving up, but I was. It was one of those days where I was just like. What am I doing? Yeah. This is, this is, what am I doing?
1: It's so funny because <laughs> I remember we had that conversation yeah. when I had a really, really rough week leading yeah. up to it and things were getting canceled and, you know, nothing was playing in my favor and yep. we had some rough stuff going on in the family and it felt like the walls were collapsing in on me, but we had an awesome conversation and it really did help me through what did I was I, going through. Did I help
0: a little? hundred well, percent. because I've been there, because that fucking day, I end up, I end up. You know, having to do stuff. For, I, I told you I've been a dick twice. Oh yeah, was, that yeah, was the other yeah, day. Yeah, that and was the other day. Today and the other day, right? Yeah, I was a dick today <laughs> to my employees, and and then the best part is I followed it up by coming to sit outside and record a podcast. Yeah, and, and well, so, you,
1: you you kind of you kind of uh, bribed them with my pizza. Yeah, said
0: hey, this guy brought some pizza. Here <laughs> Peels, you guys go. Feels, I'm sorry. Feels on wheels shows up with pizza, <laughs> and I'm like. Let me give the pizza to the guys, (laughs) because I just kind of gave it to them a little. But that was the other day, and I just The amount of work involved, so basically what it required in a nutshell was for me to go over every millimeter of every label we have in the house, Mm -hmm. which was days of work Mm -hmm. that I did not anticipate. And I was already buried, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, when you're already buried, you get just hit with days worth of shit. And we have production which is how we make money. Yeah. That cannot be done until I do that. Yeah. And I wanted I honestly right now sitting here it makes me want to throw up. I can tell. Yeah. I can tell. Like it was it was just the most deer in the headlights I've ever been in my life. Yeah,
1: that was probably the first time I've ever been really in that situation. Like, I, there wasn't a thought going through my mind. I just felt like I was. my body was there, but my my mind was not. Yeah. And that was the most uncomfortable feeling I've ever had in my entire life, and yeah. I would never wish that on anyone. No. But unfortunately, I'm going to have more times like that yeah. as a business owner, unfortunately. Yeah,
0: you are. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, you yeah. are. But you're also going to have extremely rewarding, What you've had a lot yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like what we started the podcast off with. You just have to... Well, weather them both yeah you know you're not god when you think you are uh-huh. and you're also not fucked when you think exactly you are. you're somewhere exactly. in between all the time and you know what's funny
1: is is i had such a successful event and and as soon as that four o'clock time hit we were having the time of our lives yeah, we were flipped. on top of the good. world all the shit that happened early in the day was already dust in the wind you know good, we did good. not care about it we we laugh at it now you know remember when we were scrambling around trying to fix that engine spring and this and that and we're just like Almost going yeah. to make it to the truck reveal, and then we—it's—it's it's all just fun and games now. You yeah, know, talking yeah. back about
0: it. But. All right, so we got a couple of, with the couple minutes we have left. Can we just talk about the various like? I just want to talk pizza in general. About yeah, a couple yeah, things. yeah. When is the last time, Luis Perez, Perez? Right. Yeah. When's the last time Luis Perez, aka Peels on Wheels? When is the last time you had Pizza Hut and or Domino's Pizza? Dude, it's been a
1: long time since I had something like that. When I I was in
0: college, I loved pizza. I love Domino's and I love Pizza Hut. Well, Domino's is one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen because Domino's, you know, has existed forever. And when I was a kid, that's what my parents ordered was Domino's. So if we had pizza when I was a kid, it was always Domino's. And uh, and then Domino's, like a few years ago, just came out with a campaign where they're like, our pizza has sucked for years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs)
0: We're going to do new pizza now. Yeah, no. And I thought that was the funniest
1: thing ever. No, it's so funny. It's funny you say that because, like, they're new, like, like like go-to-market strategy and this and that, they waste so much ingredients when they're topping their pizza because they're trying to pump out so many uh, customers. Yeah. Like they have this 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 assembly line type of thing, and they have like a a, a, a reservoir to catch all the ingredients. So they're literally just really? throwing all this stuff on there, and I, I laugh at it because there's some pizza like uh, Instagram pages that like make fun of businesses that are doing horrible things you know (laughs) and not saying Domino's is doing horrible things but you see like them literally wasting a pound of cheese on each pizza and things like that it's just like clearly yeah Something's going
0: on. Well, here. you're like you're like making your own mozzarella, <laughs> yeah. and carefully placing like exactly. each and every piece of it. Exactly. Meanwhile, Domino's are just like throw it on there. Yeah, Hurry up! Exactly. You
1: know? No, it's been actually I I couldn't even tell you the last time I had those really? style of pizzas. If I'm going to a place, I'm going to a local. You know, not I, I, not to knock on a Marks or a Salvatore's or anything yeah. like that. I've had it. I know it's decent. Yeah. I'm not in love with it, but I try to use something that's local. Um, well, I'm a,
0: i I've always explained it. I'm a fat kid, so and I like, not actually kidding when I say that when I say. <laughs> is, you know, if you tell me go out and find the best pizza, that's probably not what I'm coming back with. Yeah. But if you put it in front of me, I'm going to eat it. Yeah, that's absolutely. pretty good. Absolutely. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. But there is a whole nother level out there, which is what you're playing on. Yeah. Which is- For sure. You know, uh, so so let's talk about different styles of pizza real quick, yeah, too. Yeah. So you brought here today a Detroit-style pizza. Yeah. So and that I didn't one... say anything at the time yeah. because I wanted to do it on the podcast. What the fuck is Detroit doing with pizza? So what, there, Detroit has
1: pizza? Yeah, so that actually, it's a pretty neat story, but uh, I believe the gentleman's name is Gus Guerra, who uh, started it. And uh, basically, I want to say he, he was of Italian descent, okay. and uh, his grandmother always had, you know, sauce, cheese, you know, pizza toppings in the fridge. Um, and he, I don't know if he worked for Ford at the time, but uh, he had this little pan that had... Uh, uh, it was used to wash like the tools, and he had a brand new pan. Used it, threw the pizza ingredients in it, and bam! Detroit style pizza is born.
0: And it's so, and it's like a cousin of deep dish. Like so it's it's a, it's, a
1: it's Detroit style of deep dish pizza. Okay. So it's actually much more area of a crust than like Chicago style, which is like a, a, a pie crust filled with a ton of cheese, a ton of sauce, ton of like you know meats and and veggies in it. Um, whereas Detroit style is it's like more like a bread crust that's well so it's nice and airy. You use a blend of cheese, or in this case, Detroit style uses brick cheese, which is native to uh, Wisconsin area. Um, so you use brick cheese, and then you put your toppings on top of the cheese, and it's finished with the sauce. So the one I brought you today is a Detroit red top, which is finished with two red stripes of sauce. But what makes Detroit style unique is that The way the pan is, it has angled walls. So all your renderings from the ingredients that are on top, the cheese caramelizes on the side, and the bottom gets nice and crunchy, and then um, you finish it with the sauce, and you pull it out, and obviously you cut it. And and it's a very unique style pizza, and it's actually just becoming popular on the the East Coast. And um, it's one that not a lot of people in Rochester have had, and some people are trying to market it as as Detroit-style pizza, but it's not Detroit-style, and and, and me having the knowledge of that, I can look at and say they're using a, a sheet pan to make that you yeah. need a
0: detroit style pan to make good deep dish pizza or detroit style pizza um okay and, so let's talk about what are the most popular because uh, i'll try because i usually try and keep these to an hour no you're we're fine right? you're fine oh we're over an hour okay so so new york style pizza obviously and that's the thin crust yes right? thin crust crispy okay. um detroit we talk yeah chicago deep dish is famous yep what yep. are what are like the next couple so uh, Neapol- uh, neapolitan N- right? pizza napolitana which yeah. is
1: uh neapolitan style pizza which yeah. is usually cooked in uh oven that's at 800 degrees or higher. Um, It's used with uh, uh, a light, airy crust. Usually hydration's at least 65% hydration for that dough, which means it's almost equal parts water flour, just a little bit less. Um, And it's used with simple ingredients and it's cooked in 90 seconds or less. Um, The other one that I got certified in, which is Probably my favorite style of pizza to eat and make is pizza Romana which is uh, a Roman style flatbread type it's usually served in an oval it's baked in stages and it's usually like a crispier crust or a crispy, Crum is what it's the technical term for it. It doesn't have a crust on it because all the sauce goes around the edge, all your ingredients go around the perimeter, and it's usually three-dimensional in that aspect when it's baked in stages. So it's okay. pretty interesting.
0: There's there's like there's 30 type, different sorry. styles of pizza. Uh, when, when I, uh, I lived in Italy for a year when I was a junior oh, in amazing. high school. I was an exchange student, and um, one of the very first sentences I ever learned how to say was, Una pizza con uh, I'm saying it like I did back yeah. then I would go Una pizza con quattro formaggi per favore senza gorgonzola <laughs> Do You follow yeah. me?
1: Yeah, without Gorgonzola, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I that speak was a little of first, bit of Italian.
0: One of the very first things I ever learned how yeah. to say in Italian. The other thing I learned how to do: walk into the little convenience store and say, "Un panino con prosciutto crudo, per favore, e er una latina di Coca Cola."
1: Ah, <laughs> was, bravo, bravo. Yeah, So <laughs> that was no, one of my,
0: other my wife and I went to Italy. We love
1: everything about it, man—the culture, the food, the history, everything about it. And when we went on that honeymoon, my wife actually tried talking me out of going to to, to honeymoon on there because. She's like, you're going to be the worst person because it's a very touristy thing. I went there. I loved it. The yeah. people people were appalled to find out that I was an Italian. Well, you right. Know? You
0: look you do look like a little Italian guy. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a, Listen, I'm a Puerto our Rican people kid. Tend yeah. to look, oh, by the way, best Puerto Rican food in Rochester? Let's see if we say it. Let's My go. mother's food. Oh, your mother's. Okay. Other than your mother's. <laughs> well, let me try. Uh, uh, okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. On three, we'll both say it. Ready? One, two, three. Mi viejo San Juan.
1: I actually don't go out to eat much Puerto Rican food here in Rochester. Son of a bitch, I know. I, I need to. I'm going to erase this whole episode right now. I know. <laughs> no, I need to. And, and, and honestly, whenever I need a Puerto Rican food, I call my mom up and That's I say, best. I'm coming down. Yep. There's nothing like it. Yep. There really isn't.
0: Last question, swear to God. Yeah. Uh, why? Is there one particular place in this country where the pizza is guaranteed to suck? It's a state called Florida, Dude. and it's always bad. Why?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> you know, I it's a lot of people attribute it to the water that they're mm. using. Is that true? I, I don't think it's that. I just think it's, it's poor practices because, I mean, you can still make good pizza with Not their greatest water if it's heavily, you know, uh, chlorinated or anything like that. Um, I think it's just the practices that that's what it boils down to. But that is
0: a thing, right? Like people say that a lot of people say that. We go to Florida every winter. We'll do a pizza night here and there because we usually like rent a house with my in-laws and everything. And it's true that we have asked every time we've gone, we ask what's the best pizza place in town, and it's never as good as anything we find around here. You can find good pizza in
1: every city, but you have to look. In Florida, for the most part, I haven't had the best pizza experience, but I think of this guy actually in Tampa, and I can't think of the name of the pizzeria because everywhere my wife and I travel to, we're getting pizza somewhere. I'm I'm super happy that my wife loves pizza as much as I do, so it's like guaranteed, no matter what city, we're going to the top three pizza places in that city. and um, in, In Tampa, I can't think of the name, but this guy actually imports water or not imports, but he gets his water from New York City. Yeah, I've heard about this, right? And, Some places. And, and yeah, he does that and he uses uh the water from there to to put in his dough. And it's great. And okay. I, everyone says that the it's the water that's in New York City that makes the pizza great. It's not, it's just the practice the, the processes and the practices that are handed down from, from generation to generation. Did you ever
0: watch The Office?
1: Oh <laughs> I, I you know what I didn't start getting into it up until earlier this year. My uh, because of the, the pandemic, my yeah. wife's been watching it. I I so try good. to say I don't like it, but I'm slowly but surely realizing I am starting to love that show because it is so funny, good. especially working like in a corporate setting like Wegmans and RIT. Yeah.
0: <laughs> now it's all making sense. What about the scene when he goes to New York City and he sees borrow and he's like, oh, it's local pizza. You got to go get the local stuff. Yeah,
1: this is I remember the- that one. It's hilarious. Crazy. That was a great episode. All right. I think that was one of the first ones that my wife said, you got to see this. Oh, that's yeah. funny.
0: All right, Lewis, I think we did a podcast.
1: I think so, too, what man. That think? was fun. Was it good? That was, was awesome. Okay? Yeah, I'd love to come back. Talk some more stuff about pizza or life.
0: Well, what I could do, although it might be too distracting, is I come to one of your gigs. Yeah. And I and I record like some of what you're doing while you're yeah, but, yeah. but it's, it's hard though. No, it's I need problem. to get a mic that you wear because yeah, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. be holding a mic like like, like the NFL does mic'd yeah. up. I'll get you mic'd up. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> kind of cool actually. Yeah, get that'd be mic'd fun. Up. That'd be fun. Yeah, like, but like you got to watch seats. your mouth though. You got to watch your mouth. Like yes. somebody comes up and they're like, "I want mushrooms," and then you're like, "Great mushrooms." and you turn around, you're like, "Fucking mushrooms."
1: Yeah, I've had mushrooms. Trust me. Trust me. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about.
0: (laughs) What is the most hack ingredient? If I order pepperoni on my pizza, do you immediately roll your eyes and go, "Oh, no, not at all." I'm all for
1: whatever toppings want to go on the pizza. What I don't love on pizza, and a lot of people do, Mm. is, and that's just my personal preference. I don't like a ton of mushrooms on my pizza.
0: Oh, don't. so I called it when I said mushroom. Yes, okay. I
1: don't like a ton of mushrooms on my pizza. Do you like One, any
0: mushroom or just no I, mushroom? I like mushrooms. But they not over. Be thin sliced. Yeah. Thin
1: sliced mushrooms in just okay. a little bit. I don't like the texture of them. I don't like how much water comes out of them because that also can affect the outcome of the, the pizza. Yeah. And to me, I think it's less desirable when you have... A wet or soggy. Pizza, so soggy, soggy pizza, pizza is yeah. gross. So yeah. mushrooms, that's, that's one of my things that I'm not crazy about on okay. pizza. We'll my wife anchovies. on the other hand, Nine times out of ten, she wants mushrooms on her pizza. So
0: what about anchovies?
1: Anchovies, I love. I love them too. And I you love know, anchovies. speaking a of marinara pizza with some anchovies, that is life changing too.
0: Your old employer, Wegmans. One yeah. time, I went through an anchovy stage a couple years ago, where I ordered anchovies yeah. for like a year straight on my pizza. And uh, at one time, I went to Wegmans to get a couple slices, and I was asking about if I could get anchovies. And you know what they did? They literally went to the island The aisle and
1: grabbed, Yeah, anchovies. <laughs> yeah. That's and, the kind of like.
0: Yeah. Customer
1: I, service at Wegman's house. I like, thought it
0: was awesome yeah, that they no, did that. Yeah, they, they've, they've, and I would also like to say, their pizza's pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I
1: actually just had it the other day for yeah. the first time in I don't know how many years. It's changed a lot. But the the guy who's running their prepare foods, um, Mike, I can't think of his last name. He's in the pizza, but he actually is the one who's like revamping the entire pizza program there. And uh, you can definitely tell. I might know oh, his man.
0: name. Wait a minute, because I just uh,
1: I can't think of his last name. It starts with a D, I wanna say. He oversees, like, the coffee, subs, and pizza. Mike. Oh, yeah, it
0: just says Mike. It's a, he's in my phone. Is a Wegman's pizza merchant.
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's it. That guy's awesome. He yeah. is awesome. So, All right.
0: All right, Lewis. Good I stuff. I will be hold you
1: up. I'll be, we'll be here talking until tomorrow and the next day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Peels on wheels, Lewis Perez.